Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A dream mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I am a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach. I work with leaders, creators, and innovators, those brave enough to build their dreams. If you're a high performer looking for an edge with a desire to expand your leadership, generate more money, more time, and feel more fulfilled, working with me will support you in making that life a reality. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and please share this podcast with a friend. Hey, welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. And today on the podcast, I have two people, a husband and a wife, uh, who are also business partners, who are doing something uh, creative, but something that is actually helping people in a way that I don't think a lot of us would ever have realized we needed or thought of, or even if we had saw this opportunity to help people in this way, would have been willing to kind of get out of our comfort zone to create something to help other people. Um, I'm excited to introduce you guys to husband and wife or wife and husband, uh, business partners, Ashton and Brittany Harvey. You guys are the creators and co-founders of Yellow Threads. Thanks for being here on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. It's really, I think this is the first time I've had two people. Well, I've had, no, I've had two people before, but this is the first time I've had a husband and wife. (laughs) Okay. So there's, I always like to think of like, Hey, as you know, this podcast has been up for about a year or so. And so there's still a lot of new things that are happening that it's like, Hey, this is the first time I've had this. This is the first time I've had this. Uh, right. So. Well, we're, we're, I mean, I've been listening to your podcast for the past month or so. And so I'm actually really stoked to even just be on your podcast, which is great. <laughs> and uh, to be on it with my wife, um, you know, even when I always talk about when we first started Yellow Threads, we we did it because we wanted to spend more time with each other because we were spending so much time apart at our jobs. And so initially when 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 we were thinking about ideas, we we're just like, well, what kind of business can we start that will allow us to work together a little bit more? And we're just like, what can we sell on Shopify? And I mean, as things progress forward, we didn't want to just buy stuff from China and then sell it here, you know, like that would be very difficult to market because everybody's doing it. And we wanted to come up with our own thing. And that's really how uh, the the process of starting a company together and starting Yellow Threads really started. Let's take, a, let's take a step back really quick because I didn't even, I didn't go that much into, like I just introduced you guys in Yellow Threads, right? People listening probably don't know what yellow threads is you guys are new you guys are growing and you guys are obviously as, as we explain it you guys are in a, a niche market specifically it's not a um 
it's not like something that, you know, would be in, I'm, I'm going to say the Nike store because I see a swoosh right in front of me on your shirt. Um, <laughs> the Nike store. But uh, will you guys, you know, give the audience a, a view into what Yellow Threads is and who you're really helping? Absolutely. So my background is I'm an oncology nurse, meaning I work with cancer patients. And that's been what I've been doing for the last five years. Um, so we created a company that creates fashionable port access shirts. So shirts that allow um, the nurse to get into the port, which is usually in the upper chest where someone gets their chemotherapy infused. So it allows us to get access to it without having somebody have to like pull or tug their clothes to make space for their port. Um, it's just a series of little tiny sneaky zippers that unzip to open up the top part of the shirt. Or we've also created a cold shoulder with a fabric loop that also opens up, but they're clothes that are created to look just like normal clothes so that you don't have to feel different. You can wear normal clothes that are stylish and cute and also have the purpose of opening up for easy port access while you're going to treatment. Mm -hmm. What was the, what was the thing that had you, obviously as a nurse, you're, you're doing this and seeing it, but what was the moment that you were like, why are there not clothes for this? Or, wh or why do we need clothes for this, right? There aren't clothes for every situation in, in life, but most situations in life there probably are clothes for. What was that moment like? So that was, we were living in Minnesota. We pretty much lived there from October through May. So just for the cold parts, which right now they're in like, what, negative 60 degrees. So we're really not upset that we are back in California <laughs> right now. Um, but they... We had all these patients coming in wearing either super thin v-neck low-cut shirts so we could get to their port which that's not warm or comfortable um and we are also having people who every time they have to really pull their shirts down to get to their port and as a nurse one of the big things that i think about is their health and so having their hands out of the way gives us a much more sterile environment and prevents central line infection so overall there was just so many benefits to um, having a shirt that gets the patient out of the way and also keeps us from having patients wear clothes that they don't want to wear to come in for treatment. So yeah. I kind of had that view when I go to the doctor and I get my labs drawn, I roll up my shirt and they get my arm and my brain goes to like the beach. I don't like to be involved. So to create something that allows a patient to unzip their shirt and then they don't have to be involved in the process is another option that I think was really important yeah. to me. I, I, before actually we move forward, I, um, a story that um, really impacted me the most and, and really kind of what epitomizes why we created Yellow Threads in the first place was um, I remember coming home and Brittany came home a little bit later and um, she had made mention about a couple of patients that were younger um, 23, uh, there was a 23 year old male and then a, uh, 20, what was, how old was the female? 20, yeah, she was like 27 years old and we're 28 and, um, both of them were put on to, um, term, terminal treatments. And, uh, the, unfortunately, you know, one of the things that came up was the fact that, um, the young lady was a, a breast cancer uh, treatment and she was, she came in and she wasn't looking healthy. Uh, she wasn't looking good. She wasn't wearing really flattering, any kind of flattering clothing, not clothing that she would wear on a normal basis. And um, I remember Brittany came home and she's like, 
it's so frustrating because, you know, these women are coming in, they're losing pieces of themselves every day, you know, like their hair, you know, their breasts and, and worst off their confidence. And I remember her saying, you know, like, why can't, why hasn't anybody come up with something that's cute and fashionable, but also allowed me to have access to their, their chest port. And that's when we said, you know, we should be those people that come up with the, that clip that those clothing for those people. And um, that's really how Yellow Thread started. It started with, you know, us seeing that people are, were not um, were not dressing like themselves. They weren't able to really wear the clothes that they would normally wear on a daily basis. They had to accommodate their clothing style for their treatment that they're having that day. And um, and you know, a lot of times they would come at late they would come in after work or something like that and then they'd have to train change into their chemo clothes and then change back into their work outfit and then go out into their day because a lot of people don't know this but a lot of people that are going through chemo treatment they still have lives to live they still have things to do uh throughout their day and so if we can create something that was uh that can bring a sense of normalcy into their lives it is really what we we're trying to do so no one I mean if, unless you're I think unless you're in this world you would never think of this right like I'm not like I have no idea that people that it would be this hard to do chemo and things like that and I want to I know because we've talked this is not just for people with cancer right mm-hmm. you shared with me what are people that what are other um, conditions that people are dealing with um, where where yellow threads is helping them what are other I guess port people that are, I, what's the, what's the medical terminology? Is it like the, like a central ha- line? Yeah. Okay. Like a central line or like a direct access. So there's anybody who has kind of like a chest port. Um, there's people who have, um, like ports in their chest for dialysis. There's people who have ports in their chest for, um, cystic fibrosis. We've seen some Crohn's or digestive mm-hmm. stuff where people go in for regular infusions to help with their different disease, inflammatory disease processes. So there's a bunch of different outside of cancer. There's other reasons that a lot of people get a central line. Mm -hmm. Um, So pretty much anything like that. We've had a lot of people say, well, you could use this for breastfeeding too. And if people want to use it that way, that's perfectly fine too. Cause I think, I think it would go down far enough, but you'd have to kind of play around with it to see. But there's a lot of, I think, other purposes. Um, also, we have Ashlyn's mom has a pacemaker. And so when she went in for a pacemaker chest, she just unzipped and then they could actually get to her pacemaker. She didn't have to change into any crazy gowns or anything like that to get her pacemaker assessed either. Mm-hmm. So there's like a level of, um, I want to say like humanity that you get to keep in the sense of instead of you know, if I go, when we go to the, if I go to the doctor, I just wear my clothes, right? Like I don't have anything mm-hmm. special that I need to do. Um, it's kind of like, there's no, you take away the reminder or the stigma of that there's something wrong in a really simple way. Right. It's also really cool to hear that you guys, you know, we think about the world we live in, like kind of all the ideas are taken. People say this all the time, you know, all the stories <laughs> have been written, all the ideas are taken and they are in a sense, like you guys didn't invent clothes, Mm-hmm. but you saw a, a, like a twist on clothes that there was an opportunity for. And unfortunately we live in a world that's so unhealthy mm-hmm. that there's an opportunity for this because, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
But you guys aren't clothing designers. <laughs> you guys aren't clothing designers. Yeah. yeah, now. You guys aren't clothing designers. You're not like serial entrepreneurs who are running around looking for entrepreneurial opportunities. You know, you guys, uh, Brittany, you're, you're a nurse. And Ashton, what were you doing before this? Uh, I was actually in medical device sales. So I did, um, I sold prosthetic uh, limbs. So knees, hands, feet um, to people who, yeah, uh, yeah who were looking to, uh, start moving again that, that was really my big thing is i was like i always thought to my, as myself as uh, the person that helped you move again so <laughs> okay so you were in you had some sales some like sales background but it wasn't like you were developing you weren't an entrepreneur in that sense no um so <laughs> this is great because i think this is i think this is one of the key things about this podcast is like you guys had an idea you're not I'm going to use this really loosely, but it's like, you're not qualified in, in all the general senses to like create this. And that's made up, right? Quali being qualified is a made up thing, but you're not, you don't have the traditional background. You don't have like the infrastructure. I know you guys aren't, we've talked about money, you know, before it's not like you guys have billions of dollars in the bank. Like, Oh, we can just do this. And it's not a thing. You guys are too, too, uh, every day, I want to say, like, regular Americans who saw an opportunity, saw not only an opportunity to build a business, but a business that would actually help people. Yeah. Um, and you didn't really have the experience or the expertise or even the resources, and you were like, we're going to do it anyway. What? How? Like, how? how? Like why? That. why? I was like, how did you say You're it like, like that? <laughs> You're like, why are we doing this? Yeah, why did we even start this in the first place? <laughs> like, it's, it's so funny. Like when he breaks it down like that, I'm like, oh man, like yeah, we didn't really, it, and and we we didn't understand that until um, we got into the game. You know, when we started designing the shirts, um, we didn't understand how complex creating one garment is. Um, and on top of that, you know, we were small fish in a big pond. You know, there's a, I mean, when you think about the clothing industry, it's one of the largest industries in the world. And we're going to jump right in there and actually create a product um, that, uh, that, you know, yeah, like you said, helps people. But once again, we, we, when we went to all these manufacturers, you know, we were low on the totem pole. They're like, yeah, you know, we totally want to help you. <laughs> like, you know, like, we'll like get this to stuff. Project. Yeah. We'll get to it. Uh, and there was so many things that we like, oh my gosh. Um, we started in May, Alex. We started in May with our idea we uh we moved to or we so we moved from minnesota out to you. la because we wanted to produce in the u.s we wanted to have hands-on really involved um in the pattern making process yeah. so we moved out to the la area in june and i think we met with our first uh pattern maker in the beginning of june maybe yeah. like june 8th i think i had the day off of work we drove to la sat down with them and i showed them like a rough draft i'm like this is what I sewed in my apartment in Minnesota. Can you like make this look nice? But this is the general idea. And they were like, yeah, we can look at that. So I think- And, oh, sorry, go ahead, baby. It took, it took way longer than we had anticipated. Yeah. I guess like I grew up with a mom who was a really good sewer, but she was back in Chicago. So I couldn't really utilize her for that purpose. So creating the pattern and also figuring out how to create the pattern, right? Because yeah. we had to figure out how do we want the loops? Because people who go through chemo, a lot of them get neuropathy or that numbness and tingling in their fingers. So like every aspect of the shirt was made specifically with chemo 
patients in mind, even though that's not the only people that can use the shirts, but finding a way to make the loops that were big enough so you can actually put them on the buttons and figuring out how you're going to create that flap that goes underneath so that your bra strap doesn't show if it moves. So just there was tons of little details that we didn't really realize were going to be huge. Well, well, I think the, the biggest problem was we're dealing with fashion people. So they had no idea what what the medical side of things look like. So we would say put a loop, button loop system, and they would make it super cinched up tight, button loop system where there's no way a patient's gonna be able to get this off, <laughs> you know? And so the communication thing was massive. Was yeah, we're like, oh my gosh, like we, we can't tell them just to do something. We have to say why we're doing this, why we have this, what? Cause they started making changes on our garment that were like, why did you do that? They're like, oh, cause it looks, it looks better. I'm like. But functionality-wise, it's not going to work, <laughs> you know? And um, so, yeah, it wasn't – so we got here in June, and then we were promised to have our product in October. So we were telling all of our – all the people that were excited about mm -hmm. the product, hey, we're going to have this by <laughs> December, so you can buy this for one of your – October, yeah. So you can buy this for your friends or family member that may be going through chemo. For Christmas. Just plenty of time for Christmas. Yeah. And then uh, we didn't get products in until January, like, because they're like, oh, well, it's the holidays and all these bigger companies were coming in and they're like, oh, yeah, There's... we need to make sure we have product for them. And we're like, okay. And a bunch <laughs> of little things that we just didn't know. So I think there's yeah. been a lot of learning that has occurred, obviously, through being in a totally different field. So I think we're both, I'm very used to being an expert in the field that I'm in. So going into a new field without that expertise, knowledge, and assuming that someone's going to just kind of help me figure out how to do it was a little bit more of a dream than a reality. So I think we kind of <laughs> went through the school of hard knocks and figuring out how, how does the system actually work? Like, what do we need to do? Like everything needs to be put in an email so that it's in writing. So that if something doesn't go down, then we learn very quickly, like, oh, we should have we should have written that down because now you're going to say, you didn't tell us that. Blah, blah, blah. So we learned a lot, I think, in the last six months Yeah. as far as the industry goes. Yeah. I'm becoming like a bigger believer the more I do this podcast, the more other people's podcasts I listen to. But the more I like uh, explore entrepreneurship, how much of a benefit ignorance actually is, right? Like if we had had this conversation about like, hey, do you know all this stuff you're going to have to know? You know, all these things, you guys might've been like, you know, we shouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm saying this like as a, as a really good thing, like, I don't think we should blindly just go into things always like that, but it seems like a lot of people that create really cool things that didn't start, you know, we're doing something else saw an opportunity, didn't realize what they were getting into until they were in it. And then at that point they were already in, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it was like that, that blindness or not knowing was actually the thing that let them get out of their way. Because if we had had this conversation, if I was one of your guys' friends and I didn't, you know, I wasn't somebody who was like a purveyor of possibility, um, mm -hmm. I would have been like, you guys are crazy. You guys don't know anything about fashion. You guys don't know anything. You guys don't have, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I think, so it's, it's really beautiful and really fortunate that you actually didn't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And courageous at the same time. Because there's plenty of people who would have said, you know, we need to do all the research before we start. And the research would have taken them out. You guys, I, I say this on a lot of podcasts. It's a, it's a thing a mentor of mine always talks about. It's like you throw the hat over the fence and then you figure out how to go get it. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. That really cool. Be- because if you have to figure out how to go get it, you'll probably never throw the hat over the fence. Right. Cause mm. we, we get so wrapped up in like how to do things mm-hmm. that we end up not doing them at all. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to hear your guys' story about like, we just kind of started doing stuff. <laughs> like yeah. not knowing. Um, and it's almost because of this desire to help, which is really key. Yeah, I think that's... That's like the 100% the main driver. Yeah, now it is. Because um, we have people who have like gotten shirts and they post stuff on Instagram. And it's like the first time I saw it, I we were in public, so I couldn't actually be as emotional and be like, oh my gosh, somebody liked what we did. But it was pretty much essentially like that. I had to like step out and be like somebody liked it and it made a difference <laughs> and it made their day better and it made their treatments easier. Like yeah. that's literally a hundred percent the whole point of it. Yeah. Right. Like someone just posted a video. They're like, Oh look, I just transitioned back to the office. You can't even tell that I'm wearing a special shirt. And we're like, yes. Yeah. Like it, it's, um, it, it was so stressful in the beginning. I'll say that because it was, it was very stressful in the beginning because, um, there's a lot of time, a lot of money, uh, you know, of our personal finances going into this thing. And it really wasn't in, like it was it wasn't until we we started getting that feedback because it took six months for us to get any kind of feedback about our products and our services. People were telling us that it was a great idea and that's fantastic. But it's not until people actually start buying it and actually telling us, you know, like I'm willing to invest my money into this product that's going to make my day a little bit better. Right. And uh but when we started getting those videos and, and people on Instagram that were buy that, that were buying our stuff and like, oh my gosh, got this really cute shirt from Yellow Threads Co. And and you know I'm I, I'm able to uh, feel like I'm, I'm able to just open this thing up and get my port access really quickly and then you know just go about my day. I'm like wow, like it, it's it's different when you actually have patients that are that are um, appreciative of it because I remember when we first started. And Brittany, because she's been in the, the in the field for a long, long time, and um, me, I I just got introduced to it. So when I started doing the marketing and like, okay, how can we market to cancer patients and all that stuff, I started seeing a lot of stuff that I was not used to, like people that were going through some really tough times and posting on on social media. And I remember I sat there once and I, I was just like, I was bawling because like I remember I was I was bawling. And uh, I'm like, babe, I don't know if we can do this. Like, I can't watch this. Like, this is like the toughest thing I've ever, like, I, I've ever Real gone life. through and Real realized. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think really it's, it's for me, I never really experienced it. And so when, when I started seeing like little kids that are going through chemo, you know, and adults that are, you know, 23 years old and, and giving a term, given a terminal sickness, you know, like you only have X amount of days to live you know, it, it really puts into perspective a lot of things, you know? And I think that for us, like being around it and helping these people have helped us because we've really started to uh, focus a lot of our time in being intentional with our relationships Mm -hmm. together uh, and intentional about building our business together. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, giving back uh, has been, I, I would almost say the most selfish thing because like we've gotten so much more from, giving back to other people than, than what we've given thus far, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, you guys just brought in the relationship dynamic. And so I really want to know how has that changed, right? You guys went from not working together and being a, you know, married couple to now 
your, you know, you, you didn't just sign up to build a company that you didn't have experience in, but you signed up to work together at the same time. Yeah. What's this, what's the process of working together like? It's kind of funny. I would say it's pretty funny because I think we've had to figure out like each other's strengths and weaknesses. And uh, I'm still working full time at a job and then Ashton's working the business full time. Um, so it's funny to, um, I guess, watch the dynamics. Cause like, from my view, I'm like, I'm going to do all the things that I want to do when I get home. And then all the things that I don't like to do, I'll just delegate to Ashton cause he's my co-buddy, <laughs> but I don't do it all the time. He makes me do some of the stuff I don't like to do, but for the most part, I think we figured out how each of our strengths work together. And there's still a lot of figuring out to do I wouldn't say we're perfect by any means but I think we've figured out like pretty early on like we can't just be mad at each other if somebody doesn't like an idea we have to figure out how to like talk about it and figure out how to like I don't know move forward (laughs) or like do any of the stuff that we've talked about so I think that's been huge is figuring out the communication yeah because it's not like you get to go home and be like my coworker is such an idiot like He's a <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would I think Brittany hit on a really key thing, and I think what I'll, what has helped our relationship uh, thrive. I would say thrive and, and, and become stronger was our communication. Um, and like Brittany says, figuring out what her strengths were, figuring out what my strengths were, that can really push the business forward. Um, I hate numbers. Brittany hates numbers, but she's good with numbers. I don't hate numbers. I'm uh, them. Are you good? Okay, so she loves numbers. Mm-hmm. So like, and, but sometimes she wants me to do the tax things <laughs> because it takes a lot of time. I'm like, babe, I, I, I would love to, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to, because like, I'm not really good with crossing the T's, dotting the I's, making sure everything is perfect. And she That's is so good in, at it. And so I think literally being able to communicate those things with each other and say, hey, like, this is what you're really good at. This is what I'm really good at. Uh, and then having something that we can build together has really been a, a huge uh, factor in, in our um, business well, growth and in, in our with relationship. And it's been good because we are, like, forced to problem solve, right? Like, yeah. there's only two of us. So if there's something that we don't know how to do, one of us or both of us have to figure it out. Or, like, when we had an issue with our tags that we were working on, we had somebody tell us like, oh, this is a great idea. Let me create these tags and you just pay me a buku dollars and then you just apply them. No big deal. And then we tried to apply them and it did not look good. It was hideous. It was bad. So then we're like, what do we do? We're sending shirts out on Monday and it was Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So we're like, what do we do? Like, how do we figure this out? And then we found somebody um, who's actually a friend of mine who um, is a super creative, really good with like branding stuff. And she is just like, Hey, I'll be over in like 20 minutes. Let's do this. And then we figured out how to brand our shirts and she saved the day, but it's kind of figuring out who, you know, and like what their strengths are and how can we utilize them and if they're available to help us. Yeah. What do you guys do? Like I'm getting the importance of communication, like talking it out, connecting, respecting each other's ideas. What do you guys do when you do or like, I hate my coworker or, you know, I, I'm, I'm annoyed or I'm frustrated. Like, how do you guys actually get through it and keep going forward? Like between like, like coworker being, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no other coworkers. Um, we, 
we stay we, quiet. Yeah. When we, uh, when we first got married, one, one decision that we made and we still keep to this day is that we never go to bed angry at each other. Never. Uh, so if there's anything, she's woken up in the middle of the night and she's like, Ashton, like, this is really what bothered me. And, 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 and she, she, you know, she shared with me what, what the issue was and we figured it out. Um, but realistically, I would say sometimes time apart is good too. Yeah. Like if I'm really frustrated and then I will just be like, you know what, I'm going to go work out for a little bit because I just need to like clear my mind, maybe get some endorphins running so that I'm nicer when I get home. Um, just a bunch of ways that like, I think spending time apart too is really important so that yep. you can remember that you don't just become like Brittany and Ashton. I have to always remain Brittany because if I become Brittany and Ashton, then I lose who I am. And I'm not able to bring the Brittany to the Brittany and Ashton. Then I'm just, we're just mm -hmm. Ashton. Yeah. But it's just, I think being able to be separate and focus on yourself right. also is really important because if I'm not my best self, then I can't bring anything to the partnership. Mm -hmm. So I think separating myself sometimes for just some like self-care or solo time is important too. Yeah. And and putting your ego aside is a huge one um, because yeah. we were talking about this the <laughs> other day. Uh, you know, something that Brittany does not like is when I cuss, you know? And so even <laughs> uh, it basically it's just like, even if I, if I uh, didn't mean to, or just kind of slipped out um, to her, just because of different ways that we were raised. Right. So everybody's raised differently. So for me, like cussing was okay for her. It wasn't, you know, and, um, little things like that, you know, we communicate on and sometimes I don't see an issue with it. Right. But she has a big issue with it. So I need to put my ego aside and say, sorry. Uh, even though like for me, I'm like, I don't understand why this is a big deal, you know? <laughs> and I think that's really been a huge one. Cause I don't know why, I don't know why, um, I feel this way. I think a lot of people feel this way. Uh, whenever they feel like they haven't done anything wrong, even though it may have been wrong, putting that ego aside to, to save the relationship and say sorry is so difficult, you yeah. know? And um, even on little tiny things. So I, I would say, you know, being able to be the first one to say sorry and, and actually put put aside your ego and, yeah. and, and apologize. I think that's, that's been really big for our relationship as well. It's so great. I'm like very much experiencing a lot of that in my own relationship, like going the extra mile to say sorry and like take responsibility and the difference that it makes. Um, we talked about this before we, we got on the podcast and you actually just unintentionally brought it back. Right. So you were just talking about the perspective. I don't know if you didn't say it like that. I this is not your words, but you're talking about the perspective of like not seeing it the way the other person sees it. Right. And that you actually chose to like, Hey, the way she doesn't like it when I cuss and Hey, that's just her perspective. It's she's not wrong. I'm not wrong. Neither one of us are right. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And you choose to either honor it or not honor it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the way you see her view or the way you see your view is, is just a choice. Right. Which, which brings us back right to this, this conversation that we wanted to share on the podcast that we just happened to fall into. Um, which is the, per, our perspective of life. Now we all generated this together like before, but we were talking about social media specifically yeah. and how, um, 
Facebook or Instagram or whatever is actually a reflection of what we want to see, right? right. Fa- I really, I mean, I think Ashton, I want you to speak to it as like Facebook. Can you, can you dive in and share and then we can, yeah. we can kind of build on this together? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the other day, uh, it was actually a couple of weeks back. Um, a friend of mine reached out to me and he said, or on Facebook and they put a post, I'm getting rid of my Facebook because there's so much negativity in this world. I don't need to be surrounded by all this, all this stuff. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Facebook is an algorithm. They show you what you want to see. And so if you're watching a lot of negative things, Facebook's going to notice that and start popping into your life or into your Facebook feed, everything that you want to see. So, uh, I remember I was like, I was looking at my Facebook feed and I had a whole bunch of entrepreneurial things. I had a whole bunch of uh, fashion and, and, and uh, for some odd reason, a lot of little elephants cuddling. <laughs> so just a lot of cute things. And so uh, for me, I'm like, you know, it's all about that perspective, right? You choose what perspective that you want to see. And when you start choosing to see a lot more positivity, a lot more positive things start to come into your life, just like Facebook, just like Facebook. And so that's what we kind of were talking about before. And you had had a a same kind of situation with, uh, I think, Instagram when we were talking. Yeah. Thanks for for, uh, bringing it down so perfectly. It is like Facebook is, uh, it's a, it's a direct correlation, right? And Mm -hmm. and obviously Facebook isn't judging what's positive or negative, but if you're watching people fighting or you're watching just sports or it's just going to repopulate with whatever that is Mm -hmm. and some topics, clearly are more on the kind of let's say negative or first positive side. Um, But yeah, I saw the same thing with, I was editing a photo on Instagram this morning and I was just looking to post something like to, to kind of just like have that regular post, you know, and um, I was started to, and I was messing with the photo to make it look different. I was just kind of having fun and I made it look very filtered, right? Like very, very filtered. (laughs) And, um, and as I started to, write the, like, I was like, what am I going to write? And then I went, Oh, wait a minute. This is when we filter photos, it's kind of like the same way that we filter life. Life, Uh life looks a certain way, but we all see it differently, right? We all look at the same tree and see a different tree. It's a weird thing to say, right? But we do, we, you don't know how I see the tree through my eyes and I can't see the tree through your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, the colors are going to look like everything is going to look slightly different. You know, even if we all agree that blue is blue, we don't really know how that, how blue that blue is to your eyes. (laughs) Um, And I started to write like, this is kind of like life. Um, You get to choose the filter that you're going to look at something through. Is it going to be darker? Is it going to be lighter? Is it going to be more vibrant? Are you going to look at the, is it, are you going to sharpen it to look more at the details or is it going to be more like the overall and, um, and that all of that is just a choice. I was going to say, I was like, everything that we choose to uh, have a perspective on is just that, like you said, it's a choice, right? So when we, you know, when you choose to look at the negatives and, and try to find the negatives in, in people, that's what you're going to find. Uh, you know, we're, we're religious people. And I know that uh, Matthew seven, seven is probably one of the, the best lines ever is like, you knock and you shall receive, like, and the door will be opened and you look and you, you'll find that's literally how, how life is. And until you start choosing to look for the things that you want, 
that's when you start to get the things that you want. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, social media can be used in a positive way, <laughs> especially when you really uh, delve deeper into it. What's, so what's next for you guys? Like what's the, what's the next big goal? What's the next big accomplishment? What's the scary thing that on the horizon that you're really not wanting to run towards? Next on the horizon is our men's and kids line. We're really excited. We have a couple of organizations that we're looking to um, connect with and kind of partner up with. And one of the things that we are going to start working on is our kids line is a superhero kids line. So having like sweet capes and masks because those kids are freaking superheroes. So um, creating shirts that have easy port access, but also have the fun of bringing in superheroes. Yeah. I think what scares us the most is the, just the financial aspect of it. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize how expensive it is to manufacture here in the States. And, um, you know, for us, we've, we've poured a lot of money into our programs and to launch what we just launched one line and we haven't, you know, in business terms, we haven't Only made two our, out of three of yeah. our lines yeah, yeah, <laughs> for we, the first part. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we're, we're trying to get the word out. We're trying to build awareness for, for everything brand, yeah. for our brand. And the one thing that scares the living crap out of both of us is that we want to do so many big things. We want to help. We want to build, we want to partner with these organizations. We want to help these kids out. We want to develop a men's line so that men aren't left out of this situation. But every single one of those things takes a lot of money to, to implement. Well, and a lot of like detail and individual stuff. So yeah. we have a few things kind of in the pipeline. We're starting with some t-shirts and one of the big things that we didn't really talk about was that um, because we're so focused on purposeful like clothing and things like that, for every shirt that is purchased, $5 goes back to cancer research. So that someday, hopefully we go out of business because nobody needs our shirts because we've just figured out how to cure cancer. But actually on that point, I hope we go out of business for the purpose aspect of it, but we stay in business for the fashion side. Okay. If that makes That's sense. Fine. <laughs> I think it's for happy people too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that's what a lot of people miss is that, I mean, these shirts, anybody can wear them. Like you don't have to have, like my wife is wearing one of the shirts right now. Like you don't have to have an illness to wear our shirts, but you can buy a shirt to support somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to throw the, I'm just going to throw this out there. You guys are also making quick, quick, uh, this could be shirts for people that are just so passionately in love that they can't help but get each other's clothes off fast enough. So yes. there's like easy access couples yep. clothing, you know, so maybe that's after cancer is cured. It's like now we are going into like kind of a, you know, a more intimate line. Yeah. Building stronger relationships. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So it's up here. Where do you guys, if you know, where can I buy, like, where can I get these, where can I get these clothes right now? If I knew somebody, you know, that, that had, I mean, I, I shouldn't say if everybody knows somebody who has cancer or, or has this. So where can people buy these? Where, where can people buy yellow threads? Absolutely. So you can find us on our website. So everything is uh, online based. So uh, www.yellowthreadsco.com is our website. Um, and we also have Instagram and Facebook. Both of those are just at uh, Yellow, Yellow Threads, Threads Co. Co. 
uh, we try to make it as simple as possible. Yellow Threads Co. everywhere. If you put a www in front of it, an at sign in front of it, yeah. <laughs> you can you can find us. Um, and we actually, you know, we're super excited about our next program that we're starting because sometimes uh, you may not know somebody who may be going through chemo treatment, but there are people that are going through chemo treatment. And so we actually created another program just recently called the Donate One program. And all that is, is you can purchase a shirt for somebody who is going through, yeah, that you don't know who's going through chemo treatment. Um, that program in itself was a, a fundraiser that we started with that we turned into an actual program. Mm -hmm. And that fundraiser actually allowed us to send out 100 shirts to 100 chemo patients across the, uh, across the country. Yeah, 100 women that are yeah. going through treatment. So that was really fun. Yeah. That was really fun. Well, everybody likes right. to win. <laughs> well, yeah, and everybody likes free stuff. I mean, you know, exactly. and especially if it's useful, right? Free stuff that is useful is way better than free stuff that isn't. But yeah. yeah um, okay, so is, do you guys have a goal or a desire to have your clothes in in stores, or do you kind of see it always being online? No, we have. We're in the talks with a few different gift shops right now. We're looking at a few different cancer centers. Um, and so as soon as we get some of those officially official, then those will be coming up on our website. So we're working on getting into different like breast, um, like breast clinics and then regular infusion centers that are associated with different hospitals, whether for profit, not for profit. Yeah. And then also getting into probably the children's hospitals as soon as that kids line comes out. So yeah, as well, if there's somebody who knows of a gift shop or something that would like our clothing, if you will let us know, we'll make some moves. Yeah, we're doing a, um, a wholesaling aspect to our business for, for bigger corporations to have them in their, their shops. Mm -hmm. um, we're not thinking about getting into a Macy's or anything like that. Yet. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, Maybe that's something. Um, but one of the things is, you know, our biggest goal really, I mean, when we started Yellow Threads, our biggest goal was to change the way the fashion industry looked at creativity. That was our big goal. And what we meant by that was we define creativity and innovation as improving people's lives, not just by adding a zipper or a button or a diamond to a garment or just putting a, uh, a, a famous person's name to the garment to, to be creative. And that's creativity. I'm like, no. Creativity and innovation is when you actually change the way people live their lives. And so um, that that was our goal, and it's still our goal to this day, because uh, we're not going to stop with cancer patients. We're going to keep moving forward to people who may be wearing prosthetics or people who may um, have pick lines or maybe uh, people who have other ailments that, that they have to jerry-rig their own clothing. Uh, we want to we help them out. We want to create a clothing brand that um, encompasses all diagnosis is that so that you can live your life and define your life by by who you are not your diagnosis mm -hmm. and so that's kind of been <clears throat> our, our main ongoing ongoing missions moving forward with yellow threads so if you guys had i have some like quick rapid fire questions for you guys some like <laughs> dream hope goal questions they're not going to be hard don't worry um, <laughs> uh, if there was one brand out there that you could partner with like dream brand that's like we want to partner with you to who would it be? No dream brand. Like oh brand. Clothing oh clothing brand. Yeah. Uh, or or I, or, I, or or company right? Any anything any brand that currently <laughs> exists that could partner with you. 
I have always said that like one of my main goals is to get on Ellen just because she has such a major reach and such a positive aspect. Like everything about Ellen is about giving back and about making people's lives better. So that has been one of my secret goals mm -hmm. is to partner with Ellen or meet up with her, have her say something, something nice about yellow friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I support that. I mean, that's kind of, that's, you know, I didn't really have we, a brand. We've talked about like Nike would be a sweet brand with like the oh, yeah. type of clothing for, especially for the men's lines, just to kind of promote activity as well as self-confidence, just yeah. having clothing that is comfortable and delightful. Yeah, exactly. If you could have one store and I don't, and like, like one store sell, you know, of the whole area of yellow threads, what store would that be? One store that sold yellow threads. That's good. Like dream store. Uh, Macy's. I don't even know. That's so. I've always been thinking of hospitals, but if we were talking about like real stores, like favorite places for me to go is like um, Nordstrom Rex or somewhere where it's like clothes that are nice but they're not expensive. That's that might sound kind of goofy, but clothes that are just normal people clothes. Yeah. But Macy's is awesome too. They usually have really good coupons. Yeah. So I do love them. <laughs> um, Target. Duh. Oh, I love okay. Yeah, Target. Target. Actually, yes. It was Target. Yeah. Target. Target okay. Too. It's like the every yeah, and, tar and like everyone shops. I mean, rich people, poor people, like everyone shops at Target. Everyone yeah. loves yeah. Target. Absolutely. That's where um, apples came from. <laughs> that from is Target. where we went to cut some shirts up to make some samples. That is nice. true. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Target. Um, so. And then if you had, if there was a person out there, now you, that's, this could apply to Ellen, but let's go outside of that. Cause if there was a person out there that was promoting or wearing your, you know, somebody out there who you know of, who, who's had maybe, maybe who's had cancer or mm -hmm. suffered with something like this, that could be like a rep. Who would that person be? You have to just endorsing your brand. I guess I have a hard time because I've just met so many people that have been going through chemo that I would be like, you would be an awesome rep. You would be an awesome rep. You have an awesome personality and a great attitude on life. Um, I, I don't think she, I don't think she has cancer, but Oprah Winfrey would a hundred percent be one of those women. She's very yeah. positive body image too. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's, I mean, that's really what, why we started as well is we wanted to instill hope and confidence into people. And so, I mean, no better person than, than that. Awesome. I like Chris Pratt too, and Will Will Smith. But Oprah Winfrey for sure would be like <laughs> would be the go-to person. <laughs> um, well, I really want to thank you guys, not for specifically for being here on this podcast, but I want to thank you for having a vision that's way bigger than yourselves, for having the heart and the kindness and the love that would have you guys take your own money, your own time. Like you guys could probably be living a pretty great life, you know, like selling, <laughs> I want to say, I want to say like selling body parts, but prosthetics, yeah. um, being a nurse, you know, traveling around, you know, like building your family and not having to deal with the, the hardships or the, the difficult things that you're doing in building a company. Um, now this company is, and like, who knows how it pays off in the end, but like right now, that's what you're experiencing, right? Is this, is the challenges of building and you guys don't have to do that, but you're doing it for people. Thanks for that kindness, that love, that dedication. Thanks for also being willing to do something that you don't know how for, for setting an example, because if, if we all did this, 
we'd all be like, you know, we'd, we'd all be so much more, I believe, fulfilled and passionate going after things we want and not stopped at every little reason or excuse. So thanks for being an example. Um, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. That's really awesome. <laughs> thanks, Alex. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, just appreciate your guys' time. Thanks for being here. Thank so you so much for having, having us, Alex. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason Podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.